0: What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom slash socks. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About
1: what? Did, did you get my text? Oh, Welcome to another episode (laughs) of Did You Get My Text? And this episode uh, has a special audio treat for you. If you listen carefully, you can hear the chainsaw outside of Meredith's window.
0: This week on Did You Get My Text? We talk about paranormal experience jealousy, arsenic and the great Wisconsin murder off, our obsession with Katie Porter and her whiteboard, and our first date. Hi, Patton Oswald.
1: Hi, Meredith Salinger.
0: You're in New York, and I'm in Los Angeles, and there's a chainsaw outside my window. I'm
1: in Central New York. There's a chainsaw outside your window, which is one of my favorite Tom Waits songs.
0: <laughs> there's a chainsaw. Outside. There's a chainsaw outside my window. Oh yeah, that's Tom Waits.
1: Yeah. the um, the The highways in in Syracuse are I don't know what is going on with the design. There's there's a crazy uh, nest of overpasses that I have to drive every day, and It's like they're designed to make this weird screaming sound. I I, I mean, I would try to record it while I'm driving, but that feels dangerous. But it makes, like, as the cars go by, they do this, like, like everyone, it sounds like everyone is slamming on their brakes and about to die, but it's just the sound of the overpasses. It's a weird design.
0: And they're just going straight. There's no stopping and starting.
1: No, but but just screaming highways. Like, the sound of the highway is screaming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Screaming, Highways. Oh, another Screaming good Tom, Highways another good Tom Waits song that I
0: love. <laughs> Screaming Highways was his number 1 hit I thought. She left me on
1: Screaming
0: Highways What was that quote you said about Tom Waits and Natty Gann What did you say
1: Natty Gann is the is the Tom Waits of Disney princesses Oh yeah she is She's the <laughs> Disney princess who like eats cold beans out of a can <laughs> and, <laughs> and just sits in an abandoned warehouse you know, smoking smoking a half cigs that she finds on the ground.
0: Wait, Natty Gan is the Disney princess of what?
1: Natty Gan is the Tom Waits of Disney princesses.
0: Thank you. She's That's the hobo princess. She's the hobo princess. Yeah. She wasn't a princess. Well, if Princess Leia is a princess and she's a self-rescuing uh, princess, then Natty Gan is equally, but she's not a princess.
1: No, I know, but I mean, she's a, she's a, f- I mean, look, a lot of those, a lot of those Disney leads weren't princesses. And you could argue that oh. making Mulan a Disney princess is an insult to Mulan because her whole story is, I don't want to be a princess. It's boring. I want to be but, a warrior. But
0: was she born a princess?
1: I, don't, I forget the story. I only saw the anime. Is Snow did.
0: White born a princess? I, I mean, she... Cinderella is clearly a princess. Yeah. Belle's just a regular chick.
1: Right, exactly. And also, oh, again, yeah, she's... she also too would not want to be a princess. She oh, but then she
0: born. marries that dude and I think he's a prince the wolfman. Right. What's his name? The beast. <laughs> you think he was the wolf. Bell and the oh My god. Bell and the wolfman. Bell and the
1: wolfman. You remember that <laughs> classic Disney beloved story? Wasn't
0: that a 1970s TV show with smoke uh, Not uh <laughs> Uncle Ben and the bear. Benji Bear and the what?
1: I'm just going to let it? your I'm going to let your brain just kind of come to a halt. Keep going. I don't just know what you tired. got. You take it from me. I'm Please let you save burn me. Yourself out. I think you're thinking <laughs> rescue my brain. I think you're thinking of Gentle Ben. Um the the Was
0: it Gentle Ben? I loved him so much. Yeah, the that mountain guy had Man, a beard.
1: Dan Haggerty. Yes, I love him. With his giant um giant Oh my god, bear. he
0: was the greatest. And
1: his oh, real life he had
0: the best shows back then.
1: It's weird watching Easy Rider and seeing a very young Dan Haggerty as a hippie at the commune that that Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda are making fun of. He's one of the hippies there. I'm like, "Where's your bear? Get your bear out here, dude." <laughs> I swear to god. All right. <laughs> did you
0: get my text um with the picture of the what's it called the power box? Did you get that text? No, what? Wait. You know, I- outside. Oh,
1: yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. I got to scroll up. Yes, I did.
0: So, you're away, and while you're gone, finally there might be a funeral for your horrible, horrible car. Your car is so old.
1: How anyway. old is it?
0: It's so old that even your seats are ripped under your butt. It's so old that the mats are like worn down. It looks like a a bear who's been burned in the forest. It's just old. And it has so many dings. And you are such, according to lore, a terrible driver. (laughs) And also
1: according to fact.
0: And according According to to my driving
1: record, I'm a horrible driver. Well, in
0: any event, your car is 700 years old and it's great. And I know you love wearing them into the ground, but the good news is we're moving into the year 2021 where Greta Thunberg is changing the world. Yes. And she has changed it so much that our daughter is making us get, not that we wouldn't anyway, but we're getting an electric car. Good. So today, while you're there, I had the guy, uh, he has to put like circuits and stuff like that and drill holes and put the things so that for a charger for the car. Mm-hmm. So, so hang hang that's,
1: is, is it in there or just the holes are there now?
0: No, he has to put a circuit breaker thingy and then he has to drill a hole, but, but we're doing it like in the most economical way possible. Oh,
1: this is like the 20th. Although he
0: did say, Hey, copper wire has gone up 300% these days. And all. so <laughs> he's either, he's the coolest guy, by the way, I love our electrician. He's like from North London. He's got like, Oh, yeah, I think being not, yeah, I think we could, I mean, it's amazing. His voice is amazing. Anyway, I love him so much. Well, yeah, I mean,
1: that's the sign of the the beginning of the end of a civilization when all of the precious metals start getting stripped from everything. And it really shows you where we are economically that copper wire and any kind of like bronze plaques or anything like that are just getting stripped off of everything. I
0: mean, people break into like new houses that haven't been moved into yet and they smash the walls and they steal the. They do the metals like all the copper wiring and the lead they don't have lead pipes anymore but you know what i mean
1: because america's in decline (laughs) and uh, pretty soon we're going to be uh living in a lawless road warrior society but until then i'll have a nice electric (laughs) car which is nice
0: yes so i'm very excited so you're gone Mm -hmm. and anyway your car's not ready for like another month so by the time you get back hopefully you'll have a car instead of hobbling along in a putt 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 Oh, I like, I like. (laughs) You're like Fred Flintstone, but with like smoke coming out of his Yeah. I'm like, I'm like
1: Wonderbug, but we didn't find the magic horn.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like in the wacky races, I'd be like the Penelope Pitstop who (laughs) flew right by you and you're like dick dastardly, like upset in the mud with your little putt-putt card broken down. Yeah.
1: And that little, that little wheezing dog. I'm
0: Penelope Pitstop.
1: You know, I just realized that getting the, getting the charger, that's the 21st century equivalent of getting your house Cable ready in the 80s. Remember when people first started getting their cable boxes and it was such a big deal when cable kind of sp- spread like wildfire and everyone started? Remember the very first cable boxes?
0: Oh, those things that you had to press that. You, they were like, are you talking about those big brown things with the tan yes. buttons that you yes. press down like that? Why was everything brown and tan in the 70s? Uh,
1: I do, You know what? That is. So, Isn't
0: it true? Or, or yellow and orange? That
1: was the thing. But what was that... What was in media that made people go, I want that color? What were we looking at that made us go, that's the color I want?
0: My my bedroom had, I think, no, the hallway to my bedroom had green wallpaper, like floral velvet. (laughs) It was like, no, it wasn't velvet. It wasn't velvet, but it was like regular white wallpaper. But it had like, you know, like those roller things that make a pattern. It had like this green, Kelly green 1970s (laughs) pattern that, that looked like wallpaper, but it wasn't wallpaper. It was paint.
1: You know, back in Victorian times, those that green wallpaper was very, very popular, but it was colored with arsenic and there was a rage for everything green and people were dying left and right.
0: They're dying for the color green.
1: It it really was that people would.
0: Oh, could you die for it?
1: Oh, but but it was also the main. No, I mean, like, you know,
0: another lady is looking at her stuff and she's like, I love your green dining room. Could you just die for it?
1: Give me two weeks and yeah, check back (laughs) with me but apparently just like with smoking and I, and I feel like it's the same thing with vaping the the manufacturers of that color who were all you know you know millionaires paid for fake science and fake reports to go no this is a this is hysteria there's nothing dangerous here they used that green paint to paint like children's toys Oh and, and my the god! The arsenic deaths were crazy.
0: Arsenic?
1: They was all colored with arsenic.
0: I mean, if you touch arsenic, don't you just die? And you have to like ingest it. I watch so many murder shows; you'd think I'd know by now. Well,
1: yeah, wouldn't you know this? For God's sake! I
0: mean, I feel like people like I feel like Dateline. First of all, I love it, but it is a murderer's handbook, really. I mean, like you watch the cases, and they're like, "Oh, this is how we got the guy."
1: Do you think that there uh, there will eventually be an episode of Dateline where they cover a murder and the murderer watched other episodes of Dateline to learn how, what not to do, and what to avoid to try to get away with it? Do you think that will, or do you think that's already happened?
0: Oh, I'm sure so many murderers have watched Dateline. <laughs> I think it's their thing. You know what it is? Think, oh my God, it's- I think they watch, but there's like Forensic Files and there's CSI and there's all those shows. And of course, if I'm like, Serial killers, I think, are yeah. like the people who are like super into murder. And they probably watch all those shows.
1: Oh my God, those shows are like the are like the Great British Bake Off for them
0: Exactly. Oh, I just love cooking. I'm gonna watch the Great British Bake Off. Oh, I'm gonna murder some people today. Let me just I rush need up. some <laughs> recipe
1: ideas and some murder tips.
0: Yeah. What should I do? The thing is with all those other shows, they're like, um, yeah, this is more like a documentary style situation. Like, The Great Bake Off is, like, a, a reality show, like, you have to win something. But don't they say,
1: like, oh, you used too much butter, and that's why it's collapsing, or oh, you didn't, like, they, they, yeah. when stuff goes wrong, they'll point that shit out.
0: Oh, so maybe there should be a new show, like a reality show, like Best Murderer. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> you used your knife, actually, the handle of that knife had too much butter, which is why yeah. you not only stabbed him, but you cut yourself you got a, you got a great, you need a grip. You need like a tennis racket grip on yeah, that Yeah, the
1: great Wisconsin murder off and they can have like celebrity <laughs> judges. So you'd have like, you know, Tia Carrera there and um, um, uh, Rick Astley and, um, you know, maybe Tony Danza. And they go, Hey, you know, I, I liked how you, how you, you know, made it, you, you made calls on the dead person's payphone to make it seem like they were still alive. But, you know, they can always trace Oh my
0: gosh. Kids. Every time I watch one of those shows, I totally am like, oh, I would have done this. Like, I think, doesn't everyone do that? I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have made that mistake.
1: I, you know what? I, I bet that's part of the appeal. I remember I was watching this documentary about the making of the movie Psycho, and the, um, the screenwriter, um, Joseph Stefano, said at one point he and Hitchcock were together and they were working out how Norman Bates would get rid of the dead body after he kills the woman in the shower. Like, how would you get rid of that body? And so they really got into, like, you would have to get the... Curtain down, you'd have to, they were working it out. They got so into it that Hitchcock's secretary came in and they both like jumped up like they'd been caught. Planning a murder. Not not planning a murder, covering up a murder. Like right. we've been caught with a dead body, what do we do?
0: Right. Well, first of all, all those people who bury the person in their backyard, it's, why would you do that? Right. I know you gotta like hide it fast real quick. Yeah. Maybe you just had to hide it fast. But the people who like redo their lawns, and then they put like a cement thing over it. There's lots of those kinds of people. Yeah. And it's like, oh, the neighbors who whose house is dilapidated finally decided to fix up their lawn.
1: Right. Yeah. There's always that. That was also a very um uh, a, a, a very shitty director named Al Adamson was killed by a guy he had hired to work on his house. And the guy buried him. Oh, right. The, I saw that one. Yeah, he Al Adamson, who made like Dracula versus Frankenstein and all these. Oh, you ter- told me that
0: story. It's amazing.
1: And and the guy like put pretty much put him underneath the uh, hot tub and then poured cement on him and try and then like left. Like if he had just stayed around town and had been equally concerned, but he like went to Florida and re- got a really nice hotel room Everyone was like, I mean, "Duh, dude, don't like, act was, guilty,
0: people yeah, like that's another very, thing. They're <laughs> gonna kill someone. Like, get it together.
1: Although I'm sure a lot of these murders are like chill, crazy crimes of passion. They're like, oh God, now what do I do? Like, they weren't right. planning it out. Correct. Yeah. So, right. Ooh.
0: But it's sort of like when we went into Iraq. Like we went in all gung ho, but didn't have a plan. <laughs> no like how we're gonna no. get out. And I think, like, I think some people do think about how they're gonna kill someone, and then they, um, but they don't think about like once they're dead, now what. I think they forget about that part. It's like when you went when we went to Iraq, we didn't have like an exit strategy. We didn't no, know, how, you know, all that. Stuff. I
1: think that's I think that's a bit of a misnomer, because I think the strategy, at least from the Bush administration, was to go in, get control of the oil fields. And they didn't care about an exit strategy. No, so,
0: but like but they didn't think about the things like who's the new tyrant who's going to take over and what do we do when what that happens? Is
1: they and- didn't care. But for them, it was like a corporate takeover. And also they thought, you know, George Bush very famously said after the. After Saddam fell and the Shiites and Sunnis started fighting... um, Oh, we're getting into
0: a whole new topic. Let's take a break. We'll kick and we'll get to the Shiites and the Sunnis. (laughs) We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. And Patton was just telling me about something that George Bush said. We went
1: from the murder of (laughs) exploitation filmmaker Al Adamson straight into the debacle in Iraq, which, again... Totally logical um, segue. I mean, there was Penny,
0: everything segues. I mean, can you even remember where we started at no, this point? No, I don't. Where did this whole thing start? I love doing that. I love trying to remember what the thing was that yeah. then led you to the other thing. I think this is where you put that in my wife-like spot
1: <laughs> or Patton's rabbit hole. But um, <laughs> basically, I, I don't think that they, they. I think that the Bush administration and all the neocon war hawks were thinking, "We'll go in there, kill this guy, get the oil." Whatever happens afterwards, you know, Rumsfeld very famously said, "Hey, stuff happens." They just openly didn't care.
0: Wait, wait, wait! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me stop you right there. Rumsfeld very famously said, "Hey, what, what, what did he say?"
1: They were talking about how the. Um,
0: what was the quote you just said?
1: He said, "Stuff happens."
0: Okay, Rumsfeld famously said, "Stuff happens." Yes, <laughs> honey. He was. OK, let me ask you something. If I said to somebody who very famously said stuff happens,
1: I think I remember that was a big story because they were talking about. But you
0: can't you can't just walk up to someone and go, this person famously said stuff happens. And who was it? It's everybody. Shit happens. Stuff happens. The
1: insurgents were literally looting the National Museum of Iraq, which literally contains Artifacts from the Bible, for God's sakes. And um, <laughs> and they were asking him about that.
0: Yeah, stuff happens.
1: And he said, he goes, well, look, stuff happens. And he also said, you go to war with the army you have, not the army you want. Because it was such you a... You marry
0: design. the husband you have, not the husband you want. <laughs> what? Oh, no, that's yeah. Love the One You're With. Yeah. That's where you, that song you, came you from. You age out of the
1: dating pool and you grab the last branch before you hit the ground. That's, that's hey, how we... Remember
0: I'm that so happy you thing? were right there to swing off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a monkey on you. Like, I'm just saying, you know. I go down the tree like a little (laughs) monkey and then I just land on you and just swing back and forth.
1: (laughs) This one's all right. He's cozy. When all the the sectarian violence started, uh, George Bush said, I thought they were all Muslim. Like he didn't understand that there were different sects and that they would start fighting and they didn't have anything planned. But at the same time, I'm not defending his plan because it was horrifying, but in their mind, they're like, this is, I don't care what happens once we get the oil, they can all die. Like they didn't care. It wasn't a it wasn't a we need to Baby, we're them talking around. about
0: the Republicans. Yeah, exactly. But when you say I'm they saying, didn't care, it sort of, yeah. you know, goes with the territory.
1: It just it. Always all right. When people try to um, own them for not having an exit strategy. And, and I always say that was always their strategy to let it all burn <laughs> to the ground as long as they get the oil. You know, so.
0: We are a terrible country. <laughs> just have terrible people but we also have amazing people and i'm not going to start getting into it but dear lord we have some great people what? we really do <laughs> that was that was the sorry it's nurturing. just i was just suddenly we're like thinking of katie country, porter that's some good people but we're terrible. sorry i literally was like thinking of like bad republicans and then i was like we have great people and then i was picturing all these amazing women they just popped into my head like if you're listening and you don't know who katie porter is please go on uh whatever search engine you use and type in Katie Porter and whiteboard, whiteboard yeah. and then watch all the ways she owns people with her brilliance it's 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 like the best show i've ever watched oh my god it
1: isn't even that she owns people she is asking them for an questions that about they should, that they should absolutely have she'll like talk to the person who's in charge of a very specific thing and they will go, well, I don't really have that in front of me because, well, it's this
0: $4.6 billion. And how do you yeah, she'll but, say that? But also, like how you're the guy running it. How do you not know? Well, guess what? It's the question that they get asked that they suddenly don't know the answer to because they don't want to say. And what was your bonus this year? I I couldn't tell you. It was $4 billion. <laughs> yeah. There are people Actually, dying in the streets and your bonus was $4 billion. And you're raising prices on pharmaceuticals on people and you haven't done any. Every all of your money is going toward making you more money, not actually changing the formula or anything where it's suddenly this drug is now even more helpful than before, which 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 explain the high the price hike
1: You're to regular people. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's not that they don't know. They they like, oh I better not. They say. just don't
0: want to say. They don't want to go, Oh yeah, uh four billion.
1: I'm making that much? Oh my gosh. Who
0: knew? Hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah. Katie Porter's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love her so much. I have a t shirt with her face on it. I actually have a T-shirt with nine of her faces on it because it's like a Warhol thing where it's like... Really? Anyway, I like her. <laughs> Can you tell?
1: The whole, the Warhol, the, the Warhol um composite is getting a little tired, but I, I mean, I get it, but it's like, okay, guys, enough with the Warhol thing. Think of some other stuff.
0: Please. Well, you know, it's an easy thing. You put someone in a few different colors and you pop, you're done.
1: Did you go to the Warhol exhibit when it was at MoMA like years ago?
0: I did not.
1: They had this really cool... um. It was an audio tour you could buy, and it was, as you walk along, you put the thing in your ear, and then uh, someone narrates and tells you what you're looking at, as you, you know. And it was Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper did the audio tour, so you've got Dennis Hopper in your ear, guiding you through it. And one of the first things on the wall was a Warhol soup can, you know, those Campbell soup cans he did? But there were drips coming off of it, like a Jackson Pollock, and it's the only... Andy Warhol that had, because at the time his agent, was it
0: a collaboration?
1: It was not a collaboration. It was his agent saying stuff would drip sells. If you want to sell this, put it, put some drips on it. And, um, Dennis Hopper <laughs> organized one of the first exhibitions of Andy Warhol on the West coast. And he bought that painting for $70. He was chewed out by his business manager the next week because he hadn't done a movie in years and was broke. And, um, it's now priceless. It's the only Warhol soup can that has drips coming off of it. Wow. And Dennis Hopper bought it for $70, and his business manager took him in and was, what What are you doing with your money? What is this? Like, he couldn't understand what he was doing. It was so cool. So, he, so you could kind of hear him going, and my business manager said it was a terrible idea, Now it's and now he, it's just loaned to museums from the Dennis Hopper
0: collection priceless. Yeah. That's really cool. That's so cool. I love that. So I just remembered Mm -hmm. how we got to the topic of Iraq. It all started with, I said, did you get my text about the electrical booth outside our house? And that's how we got to Iraq.
1: Oh, that's it. Don't you love those kinds of things? It somehow got, and then then it went into cable TV.
0: Well, then people can just listen to the podcast and they can figure out where it went. But <laughs> we
1: should constantly review every moment of the podcast <laughs> as we do it, and just make this. Yeah. this okay, self- you guys, we're gonna do a loop. recap of the
0: last five minutes. <laughs> hey, Patton, let's talk for the next seven minutes about a recap of the last five yeah. minutes. So let's anyway, it started with. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, funny. So oh, no, I just wanted to say that from our last podcast, I was talking to you about Aspen soda and food sticks, and I found the 1979 commercials, and they were hilarious. I feel like we should just put those up on our Instagram, yeah, so people can see them. Those, and anyway, we can move on from the topic.
1: Well, the the Aspen commercials, when you watch them, it is so clearly they're trying to do a metaphor for being on cocaine, like that. No, they're not. Yes, the it is. They're in this. Overlit White Narnia Winter Wasteland. Yes. One thing is Aspen Soda and it's two very white Yacht Rock people. Oh,
0: but they're so tan and handsome.
1: Yeah, it's t- it, they're in a The
0: girl is so 70s. She's so she's so um, Jacqueline Smith. I thought it was Car- Car- I, I thought it was
1: an actress named Carolyn Monroe, but it's not it, it's but she's gorgeous and he's very handsome.
0: Did you look it up? Did you look up to see who the actress? was? I, I was
1: looking at all the um, uh, the comments underneath and I then I went on Carolyn Monroe's IMDb and she never did an Aspen Soda commercial. So it's not her.
0: Well, why would they list a commercial? I've done a million commercials that they haven't
1: listed. Sometimes they list people's commercials.
0: And when I say I've done a million commercials, I think I've done like nine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's clear like that commercial, they're on a planet of cocaine enjoying Aspen soda and also Aspen, Colorado, cocaine capital, you know, it, it that's-
0: that Aspen, Colorado is the, the cocaine capital. capital.
1: There's a, look, I've done the Aspen Comedy Fest twice. I've never seen more coked out liberals <laughs> in my life. Just Coked out girls? I, Men and women, coked out. And I remember I was, I, I went from a show, me and Chris Farley left a show and walked to another venue.
0: Chris Farley and I.
1: Chris Farley and I, sorry. And he was he was whacked out of his skull, and he was nowhere near as crazed as the people that were around us.
0: I mean, did you have the best life being a young comedian? Was that so fun?
1: It, it Just being, look, if you're young and, and you even have a, Inkling that you might be creative, go into the creative arts. It, it's even <laughs> when it's even when you don't totally succeed, it's still awesome.
0: I say, so you just too.
1: you hang out with the most interesting people and you're just with creative people all day. I wanted to, I people was people that happy. make you
0: laugh, people that have yeah. insights, and yeah, you're just
1: you're there, you're at the source of where things are being created. You're not getting it secondhand in an office where someone's quoting what they saw on South Park or SNL the night before. Yeah, you. but, but that being said,
0: there are some funny people who work, they're real funny people. And yeah.
1: No, I'm just saying, I I just loved the hang before anything else. Yeah, I do too. Before the success was, oh, I just, these are my hours. Like I'm, I'm awake while the world's asleep. This is awesome. Like I love this. Yeah.
0: I love when you're on set and then if you're working with a big fun cast and then yes. like the lighting people have to go light and you guys are all just hanging out. It was Until especially fun cool. when I was younger because we all had to be in school. So like there'd be like. <laughs> It was like Matthew Perry and me and Ioni and River Phoenix. And um, we'd all just be hanging out while we're supposed to be in school. It was the best time. Yeah. We used to have so much fun.
1: Yeah. I didn't get into show business until I was much older. So my school was actual school. But yeah. My school was school, really was
0: school too. I just, yeah, no, I had to do a movie. School. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I had to do it for like however long the movie was. So for like three months. You have to have a set teacher.
1: Did you always get the same set teacher or was it dependent on the studio that was doing it?
0: Let me tell you something. The set teachers that they would hire back then, they were like social workers. They weren't even like, I mean, they were supposed to be set tutors, but they also had to like fill out the time card for you because you had to get three hours in. So if you were in the middle of filming and then they're like, okay, everybody take a 15 minute break, they'd pull you into school. And then she'd be like, okay, you got 10 minutes. And I'm thinking, I can't focus like 10 minutes at a time for school. This is ridiculous. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would just like have to do my own studying because they didn't know what they were doing.
1: So this is why you still can't read and write. Is that the... (laughs) the (laughs) This
0: is why (laughs) I'm so flippin' smart and I can teach myself.
1: (laughs) So... Uh, where we're filming right now, again, I'm in Syracuse, and we're filming near this area for the next couple days. That uh, apparently it's called the Thirteen Curves. There's this there's this part of the highway that is very very twisty through the woods, and it's supposedly very very haunted. And there are <gasps> apparently in the early '60s, and again, I don't I've never seen any official documentation on of this. I started looking online. There was a bride going to her wedding, and she got into a horrible car accident, and she died. And people see her ghost in her bridal gown, alongside the road as they drive. That's that's the legend of the thirteen curves. And then everyone else, and then other websites said the whole area is a hotbed for paranormal activity, and there's all kind of craziness. And um, so, and I and and tonight is a night shoot. I have to go there at. I don't go there till nine o'clock tonight. So, Ooh. so I will go there in the nighttime. But here's the thing. the Here's why I'm bringing this up. I could not be more open to a paranormal experience, and I have never had one. Never. Me and I mean, too. I mean, I've never seen a ghost. I've never seen a cryptid. Never seen a UFO. Never experienced a time slip. Never experienced Dude, I don't
0: think anybody's Nothing. experienced a time slip or a crypt, whatever the hell you're talking about. Cryptid, the like seeing thing- Bigfoot, seeing Loch Ness Monster. Okay, well, really, nobody's really seen those things.
1: People claim they have. I'm just saying I haven't done any of it, and I'm surrounded by people. So many of my friends have had kind of profound supernatural encounters that are like, "What the whoa!" And so I just feel like it's just not going to happen. And I, one of these days, I'm going to get to set, and one of the crew members will go, "Hey, you know, what, you know what happened last night when I was driving home? I like I saw the bride. Everyone calls her the bride." um, The bride. That's scary. Has
0: anyone done a movie? They should do a documentary.
1: I'm sure there's a there's a million online documentaries. Well,
0: I want to try and find it. That sounds spooky. I like it. When I was little, I lived in Point Doom Mm -hmm. off in Malibu on a on a peninsula. Like at the very end of it is it's called Point Doom, and you're kind of like out out. Right. Anyway, I looked up in the sky and I saw like two. Very fast-moving somethings. It was clearly not an airplane, and I got really scared. And I called my grandma, who was living in Florida at the time, and I was like, "Grandma, I see." And I t- she's like, "Oh, I'm sure it's nothing." Da da da. And then she called the naval base or something near us, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're just f- it's it's everything's fine." But you know, it could have been. It also might not have been. I was a little kid, but um but i do i've never seen a ghost but i do believe that like little spirits kind of watch over you like hmm. i thought my grandpa showed up as a butterfly a few times you know
1: i've never had that
0: thing. or like i lost an earring and it was like a big deal earring and this is when i was younger and i went out for the day i came back i put my head i i looked at my pillow and anyway it was on my pillow mm-hmm. it, I could. It wasn't me. I didn't put it there. I didn't lose it in the middle of the night. It was just like placed there, like a little ring pillow.
1: Never had. And anything I think my grandpa did close that. To that. Even close to that. And I'm so. Anyway, old- I
0: went off to Point Doom, and I and I said regarding the UFO thing, I was like on the peninsula at night, dark skies, you could see the stars, and the ocean, and da, da da da. And I'm like, if you are a u, if there's a UFO out there, just Come show yourself to me. I will believe you. Tell me what you need me to say. I will help you. And I like said it out loud. Mm -hmm. And I was just going, I'm the person you want to speak to.
1: (laughs) How old were you when this happened?
0: Well, when I saw the thing, I was like five Uh or seven. No, 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 I couldn't have been. I uh, I was like 10 when I saw that thing and called my grandma. And then later... When I was more like 15, I said that thing.
1: Have you ever done like a search for 1980 Point Doom UFO sightings or any like maybe other? No. Saw it? You should maybe no. do No.
0: Yeah. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Maybe
1: that happened. Because I'm I'm saying I grew up in Northern Virginia, surrounded not only by Civil War battlefields but Revolutionary War battlefields, Leesburg. Um, you know, everything around me there was a friggin' battlefield. Um, the, the, the nearby high school Bull Run was named after a very famous, one of my favorite civil war battles, but well, it was named because this, I don't have all the details down. I learned this in high school, but I, I remember this detail so great. There was going to be a huge battle at Bull Run and all the wealthy area people like had a picnic, set up picnic on a hill to watch the battle. They were over where the battlefield was like, Oh, we'll have a picnic and we'll watch these soldiers. And one of the armies, either the Union or the Confederate army, retreated, and the other army was so jacked up and still wanted to fight that they pointed their cannons up at the picnickers and just started firing at them. Is that and true? They all had to, yes, and they all and the picnickers had to flee. Because these guys were so amped up. And they were like, "That like the, it was like the battle ended too soon. Like, I didn't even get to fire a shot. So I didn't they get like, to kill oh, anyone. Oh, you killed three they just, people. They just started like shooting. Yeah, you got to kill like two guys. So I didn't
0: get anyone. Let me try. They
1: started shooting at these fucking picnics. They're directors.
0: like, kill Adam. He's slow. And then like, he's like, okay, nobody likes Adam. Kill him. Yeah, there you go.
1: So yeah, so that like that. But again, I should have been seeing ghosts all the fucking time. There should have been... There should have been maybe ghosts. They, maybe they her. didn't
0: feel like they could, um, maybe they had nothing to say to you.
1: Yeah. Maybe nobody, maybe that, even
0: they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> okay, exactly. <laughs> just kidding. But also,
1: by the way, there is that theory that some people vibrate at a frequency where they can see those other realms and some people can't. And maybe I'm just not vibrating on that realm.
0: Vibrate, man! Get on that. Well, you know,
1: when I was working at Waxy Maxies, like you know, Stonewall Jackson should have <laughs> yeah, walked. Yeah, when I was uh, working on, like, at Waxy
0: Maxis. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm making fun of. Well, I
1: mean, do you have any? Uh, do you have the new hot uh, album? I'd love to buy it. Baby, I what can was... hear
0: that ball bouncing, and I'm sure it's bothering everybody else. Right. Hey, you stop it! Stop it! Ugh.
1: I'm sure they. I, I bounce it on purpose. I'm sure they. Heard you don't it.
0: bounce it on purpose for people to
1: listen to. It adds some mystery to it. It's like when they say i um, cranberry sauce" at the end of. Strawberry Fields, and everyone thought it was "I buried Paul." What? At the end of "Strawberry Fields Forever," you hear one of the Beatles goes, "I." It, everyone thought he was going, "I buried Paul." Um, and what does he remember say? That, remember, everyone thought that Paul was dead. Remember no. was that whole rumor that Paul McCartney died, no, and was replaced by a double. You never heard that conspiracy theory? Never that Paul McCartney was killed and replaced by a double.
0: That's a Virginia thing. N- no, nobody no, that heard was a that big
1: name. British thing in the sixties. But anyway, everyone thought, "Oh, he says I buried Paul." But but according to Paul McCartney, they're like, "No, one of us said cranberry sauce, like as a
0: joke." Oh, wait, just like that song where you said, um, "It's my donuts, goddamn!"
1: Oh, what? "Sweet Home Alabama."
0: Sweet Home This This still Alabama. drives me
1: crazy. If you listen at the end, you can hear Van Zant say, "My fucking donuts, goddamn!" And they and they they cut out fucking. It sounds like right. my fucking donuts goddamn and, and the and the story was he always had a thing of Krispy Kreme donuts in the control booth that he would eat after he would do his work.
0: Krispy Kreme? Krispy Kreme. I don't think they had that back then. Oh,
1: sweetie. Sweetie, did you did you watch the movie Driving Miss Daisy? They have Krispy Kreme in that movie. That Krispy Kreme's been what? around for decades. Yes. Really? Yes. Oh
0: well, it only came to California in like ninety okay, so five or something. Things
1: don't exist only when they come to California. They're all
0: well, the, but I'm the just world like, out there. I just thought it was a new thing. I didn't know. But
1: apparently, no, they've been around since the, God, the, I think the 30s or 40s in the South. Oh. But one of the guys held up the empty box, like, we all ate your donuts. And he went, my fucking donuts, goddamn. Goddamn.
0: I know. It really, it does sound like, it is exactly but that. according to, to that.
1: Wikipedia and other sources I've read, he's saying Montgomery's got the answer. But if you. No,
0: that, no. I heard m- saying, my donuts, goddamn. My, That's what it my says. My
1: fucking donuts, goddamn. That's what he's saying. I know. And I want someone, either if somebody here was here with the Swampers, that can um, corroborate Wait,
0: this. Wait, Is he still alive?
1: Oh, sweetie, you don't know about the.
0: Just tell me. Died in a
1: plane crash, Leonard Skinner.
0: Leonard Skinner, what? No. The band
1: had a massive plane crash, and they did not. Yes, they did, and half the band died. What? Yes, sweetie. I'm looking it up.
0: <laughs> You're really going look it funny?
1: up. Remember that scene in *Con Air* when they're all—Oh my God! They
0: endured one of the worst tragedies in music history. Yes. In 1977. Oh my God! I didn't know that.
1: Okay, we got to think of a new segment, which is uh, today Meredith learned because (laughs) there's— Well,
0: everybody does it on Twitter. They go, "I was today years old when I I learned that."
1: Oh, TIL. You know. Remember the scene in *Con Air* when they're all singing to "Sweet Home Alabama," and then Steve Buscemi goes, "Define irony." A plane full of idiots. Singing a song by a band who died in a plane crash. Ah. Ah. Anyway, um, so yeah, there's no like, I've just never had a paranormal experience.
0: Well, listen, aliens. If you're out there, Pat Oswald would like to experience. Talk to him. He's open now. I'm he's ready. open. I'll get I've, your message I've...
1: out. Look at look. I got a lot of Twitter followers. I'll tweet your message out, man. I'll I'll Instagram <laughs> it. I don't care. You know, talk to me. I'll tweet your message out. Hey, Meredith.
0: Yes? Did you
1: get my text? Which one? Uh, this was... Oh, wait. An the Shutters one? Yes. So we're recording this on May 20th, which is the 40-year anniversary of when we actually met each other in the flesh. We had been texting for three months before that. We actually met. We decided to meet at Shutters on the Beach... On May 20th, and um, we met, and it was beautiful, and we walked on the beach and watched people playing chess and watched those crazy, what are those neon bicycles riding around? They were like
0: lit up bicycles at night. It was beautiful. We were just supposed to have a 45-minute drink, mm-hmm. and then I was like, do you want to go for a walk on the beach? Yeah. And then we walked on the beach, and then we sat and watched these, um, these old guys playing life-size chess and little oh, yeah, pers- right. and regular. Ch- <laughs> like, there were they built a chess board on the beach and the pieces were the size of
1: people on the boardwalk. There was a huge on the boardwalk and these guys, and there were also guys just, and then there were
0: also regular guys playing real chess. And then we saw like the guys at muscle beach doing all these acrobatics and we saw, Oh, and then it started to get like sunset. Yeah. And I was like, do you want to get dinner? And so we held hands Mm -hmm. and we went and had dinner Mm -hmm. and at night, you could look through the window. We were sitting right over the ocean and you could see these bikes going by that were lit up with Oh, man. yeah, that was like really This electric parade of bikes and skateboards and just cool stuff.
1: Well, anyway, I posted about it today on Instagram and I got this really nice message from... here's, I'm going to read it. I was at Shutters on the beach a few years ago in the main lobby and I saw you two walk up from the downstairs restaurant one evening.
0: Let me read the next part. It says... I know, of course, because I'm a fan and I recognized you. And no exaggeration, I still remember how you were both smiling ear to ear, beaming, looking so happy. Okay, you can finish reading it.
1: Like you were walking on air. From your last post, I pieced together that it may have been, maybe, the first date you mentioned. If so, I'm very happy to have been witness to the magic of that night for you, too.
0: Wouldn't that be cool if that person was? And wouldn't it have been even cooler if they were like taking pictures of each other and maybe we would have been in the background and that could have been a picture of like the first time we met.
1: That could be like the uh, the, cor- the same corroboration if you go research your Point Doom UFO story. We're starting to have witnesses to the event that can say I was in that lobby on May 20th, 2017 and I witnessed it because someone else witnessed us in that lobby, I'm assuming, or maybe- Oh,
0: are you talking about that woman? Yes. Oh God. We walked up the stairs- and at the table inside the restaurant was, oh, God, she's not very nice. If I say her name, she's going to be so mean to us. Anyway, it was Ann Coulter. She's just not nice. She knows she's not nice. I think she builds her brand on that. So I'm not saying anything that's not something no. she would want. No. I think she'd be like, yeah, please, you're a horrible liberal. Please say I'm not nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it would, like, give her more street cred. So not that she needs it so for me. You're welcome. Anyway, she was yeah. there. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm just trying. I am just don't want her to get mad at me.
1: No, no, no. It was either it, I
0: just saw her sitting there.
1: Yeah, it was either her or a coat rack covered in demon skin. It could have been one of the two. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm assuming it was Anne Coulter at a table. But yeah, so that was so we were witnessed by this nice lady and also Ann
0: Coulter. Is on. So look, we've got two sides of the scale. Somebody sweet enough to email us, mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah. We're surrounded by duality in life. Oh my pattern. God,
1: we we experience both and the yin and the yang.
0: We do. And that's why we go so well together. We really do. Am I the yin to your yang or are you the yin to my yang? I think I'm the yin to your yang. I
1: think it's ever shifting, which I think well, makes- Well, someone's got to be
0: yin beautiful. and someone's got to be yang. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. But what I'm saying is sometimes- I think they each mean something different. You know, if the yin is positive, uh-huh. then that one's me. Yeah. If the yang is- dark.
1: But there's been times when you've been negative and dark and I've had to be the positive one. That's part of what's important is that you're not in fixed roles. The roles shift, but they constantly complement. That's the key. It's not just going, this person's down and this person's up. You're like, wait, no That always shifts as long as they're balanced. Hey, man,
0: I'm with you. All right. I agree. (laughs) I love you and I love whatever we are. (laughs) All of it. (laughs) I love whatever we are. Well, I mean like the yin and the yang and the positive and the dark and the good and the bad and the interesting and, you know, all yeah, that Yeah, the
1: stuff. Lennon and the McCartney.
0: The... I just love us, basically, is what I'm trying to Thank say. Thank you. Well... You're welcome. Thank you so much was... for... Wait, but for real, you know how um, Princess Leia says to Han Solo, I love you, and he goes, I know? Yeah. Do you know what happens?
1: our exchange all the time. Ready? This is me. I love you.
0: You should. <laughs> That's ours. Is, I love you. You should.
1: Yeah, you should. You're. That's. You know what? Good move. Keep doing that.
0: I'm even bossy in love.
1: Yeah, bossy in love.
0: Bossy in love. Doesn't
1: that sound like a, one of those Lifetime Hallmark movies? Bossy
0: in love. It sounds like a pet version, though. Or, it sounds or like, like oh, turn. a
1: hard-driving woman who owns a, a dairy farm, and she's trying to get her her prize cow to hook up with this other cow, and the and the male cow is owned by. Like Rob Lowe plays the male cow owner and she's, who, who would play her? Like Hillary Burton would play her. And she's got the female cow Why bossy. Why can't I play her? Do you want to be in a Hallmark movie? <laughs> no. I mean, yes, of course I would. <laughs> okay, you're the.
0: I, wait a second. I have been in a Hallmark movie. Which one? A million years ago, yeah. I did a movie with Glenn Ford. He played my grandfather. And it was a Hallmark Hall of Fame. I don't think that's. That nothing.
1: was a wonderful world of Disney. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, (laughs) Candace Cameron is so she needs to take all those roles. I want to see her in everything. A Christmas in Virginia, (laughs) a Christmas in Cyan.
1: Hillary Burton, who's also from Sterling, Virginia, my hometown, has been in a bunch of those. And she's been in a bunch of Christmas ones. They make a lot of those Christmas ones like every year. I think that's like, I guess in the summer, they're like, well, we're shooting our Christmas one right now. Yeah, that's a that's a good gig
0: a christmas gig. Hey, speaking of which, maybe you should play Santa in something. You'll be like the next Tim Allen and you can be a Santa Claus. Or we
1: could do a Joker-style origin story like a like like a Todd Phillips kind of movie, you know, it's call it Santa but it's really gritty and it's about this toy maker in the inner city and he just wants to make toys and he's just getting the crap kicked out of him and
0: and then he becomes the Joker cuz like Santa's better than him? No, he like he... Oh my god, can we mix Universes, the God universe with Santa and then the Marvel universe with or the DC universe. With- well,
1: I'm just saying he would like use some kind of weird chemical. There's like a drug dealer who's selling poisoned heroin. So he steals the heroin and, and, and like has to hide it. So he injects it into some reindeers and they can like <laughs> either fly or just run super fast. And he can go all through the city and like. Oh, my like- God. Did you
0: hear about that guy who had that horse? that one the kentucky derby oh, or whatever it or so whatever hilarious. the preakness or whatever it was and the owners like i don't know how he got steroid and he's like such a the guy looks like such a
1: he's so sleazy. Like a,
0: and like a palm beach sleazy drug
1: but what did person. he why did what why was he claiming that his horse got disqualified he had a very specific um, thing cuz they tested it the horse oh, had cancel drugs. culture or something cancel like that
0: culture. <laughs> He's like, you know, everyone's against us amazing white rich people. I think they're just canceling him because yeah. he's oh, and so also, fast.
1: Yeah, and also because your horse is full of drugs. Yeah, those two things. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, I
0: wonder how he got full of drugs. My- and apparently that has happened like nine times with that horse, that specific yeah, exactly. horse. Yeah, He's had that's- nine dr- failed drug yeah. tests. Yeah. That guy that, is a junkie. The horse is
1: basically Iggy Pop at this point. They like,
0: should just call him, you know, the horse is the and junkie on the field. <laughs>
1: they should just call him horse. Like as the slang term for heroin, like that sh- lowercase h horse.
0: I just learned that too the other day. I never knew that. Really? Yeah, the things you know. Pat Oswald, I love you so much.
1: I love you too, baby. Let's talk soon.
0: This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswald.
1: In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions
0: for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show. Starburns Audio. A podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.